Hello and welcome to the recap of the double feature for the Wildcat offense brought to you by me, Wes Ibarra of Offsea Sport. Uh, before we get into the goodies, I want to thank each and every one of you for the support of the podcast, the likes, the ratings, the reviews, the subscriptions, listens. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to the project. It motivates me to keep creating content. Uh, once again, please share the podcast to friends, family, colleagues, anyone that is down to join the Sports Talk conversation. I can be found on most podcast platforms. Just look up Offsea Sport. That's O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. Um, man, what a Saturday for Northwestern basketball and Northwestern football. Both teams come away with wins. Uh, football coming away with a 23-15 win over Purdue at Ryan Field, which secures bowl eligibility. And the Cats basketball team wins against Rhode Island 72-61 to uh, in the tip-off tournament, advancing to the title game. We're about a little under an hour away from tip-off from the championship game between the Cats and Washington, or I'm sorry, not Washington State, Missouri State, um, which is at 12 noon. But uh, let's talk about basketball first, as we are pretty close to the actual championship game as we speak. But 72 to 61, so very close to what I said in the preview show. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to that, take a gander uh, before you uh, preview, or should I say, look into t today's game. Um, I did say that the Cats should be winning this game 70 to 60. And of course, 72-61, close enough. Um, it looks like the Cats had control for most of the game, going 33-26 uh, to 26 into the half. And in, in the second half, it was a slight edge, 39-35. to 35, But the Cats had a considerable gap, getting themselves their fourth win of the season, going to 4-0, while Rhode Island falls to 3-1. So good quality game against a team coming from a quality conference, Atlantic 10. This is the second Atlantic 10 opponent that the Cats have faced this year, the first being Dayton. And I did say in that uh, recap and preview that that's probably a tournament game that you'll see, or a tournament quality game that you'll see this early in the season. And now that the Cats are in a tournament environment, they have passed that first test as well against a another Atlantic 10 team. Sure, this team is not like Dayton, but they are still coming from a very decent conference and are coached by a very good coach in Archie Miller. Uh, as far as this game goes statistically, uh, the Cats shot 43.5% uh, from the field, which isn't too bad. 42.1% from three, which is pretty good, and 76.9% from the free throw stripe. So, a little bit of consistency there around 75 80 percent of course you want to be a little bit higher because you know these are free opportunities you want to take advantage of them and you want to cash in uh cats had 34 points in the paint to rhode island's 22 so i did say playing inside was gonna be a factor here especially since northwestern has the bigger team and it looks like they took advantage of that uh second chance points 17 to 8 rebounding of course is always big right whether you're taking the ball away from rhode island or on defense or you know cleaning up your own misses and taking advantage there good thing that the cats took advantage there um 
Bench points got a little uh, out of hand, 21 to 12 in uh, favor of Rhode Island, but that's okay. Uh, that's because the the big trio that I keep talking about, Barnheiser, Bowie, and Barry took care of business. Brooks Barnheiser led the way scoring with 18 points. His stat line, nine rebounds, two assists, two blocks. Fearless leader, Boo Bowie, 16 points, four rebounds, and two steals. And of course, Ty Barry had a much better showing this time around, a showing that I would like to see moving forward. 13 points, three rebounds, one assists, three steals. So very active on defense and chipped in quite a lot on offense. And then, of course, the next high scorer is Ryan Langborg, who I thought would probably go off in this game, but that's okay. You know, it was a complete effort all around from just starting a unit, and um, it was obviously enough to win the game. As far as Rhode Island... Montgomery led the way with 18 points, three rebounds, two assists. Lewis, Luis Courtright with 11 points, two rebounds. And the next leading scorer was off the bench, Cam Estevez with 15 points, two rebounds, and um, one assist, and two steals, and one block. So, of course, I did say that Courtright and Montgomery were going to be a problem. And obviously, on the stat sheet, it showed that they did produce for the Rhode Island Rams. However, luckily, the Cats kept the rest of the field at bay, uh, with the exception of Estevez. But still, a pretty good effort against a team that they should be beating. And of course, coming away 72-61. to They did hold the Rams to 29.63% shooting in the first half, which means that their defense was very, very strong in that regard. So good job on the Cats for still showing some good effort on offense and held the Rams to 2 for 10 shooting from 3. Luckily, they didn't really convert as well from the line, 66.67% in the first half. Rhode Island made an adjustment, got a little hot in the second half, shooting 50%, going to 38.8% overall from the field. Shot much better three from three in the second half with six for nine, 66.67, going 42.1 on the day. And much better from the line, seven for 10, 70%, 68.2% overall. So luckily, the Rams didn't really cash in on their uh, on their free throw opportunities, but the Cats did. So it seems like foul trouble wasn't too much of a concern for the Cats, but the defense did show just enough to keep the Rams from doing anything special against them and uh, secured the win for them. So a couple fun facts. Post-game, Northwestern is 4-0 to start the year, which is three straight years. So that's good, right? Of course... If you take into account the history of the Cats' uh, last three seasons, 4-0 doesn't always indicate a great year, right? You look at 21 and 22, you know, those teams didn't really do too much. but Or should I say 21 didn't do too much. 22's team obviously made the tournament. And then, of course, this year you have a team that is still experienced, still has returners from that tournament team. So hopefully that could be the decider here on um, helping this team set the tone for the rest of the year. The Cats had 17 total assists in the game, uh, including 14 on its first 17 field goals per NU Sports. So passing the ball was a really good premium there on that. 
and the 3930 edge rebounding so like i said seconds ago about rebounding you want to take the ball away from your opponent not necessarily from steals but taking advantage of their misses or cleaning up your own um the stat with that is that whenever the cats have rebounded out rebounded their opponent they've won the last 21 of their last 23 games doing so and this showed a little bit of a consistent pattern there um and the cats have won the turnover battle in every game this year so when you force your opponent into mistakes that obviously leads you to opportunities to capitalize and in this case the cats did so um so a really good performance from the cats all around and hopefully they can bring that into the uh, championship game against mississippi state sec opponent this will be the first sec opponent that they face this year the Bulldogs are coming off a 76-64 win against Washington State, who was the other participant in this tip-off tournament, going 43.9% from the field, 26.3% uh, from three. So if the Cats can prevent them from, or keep that up from having them struggle from three, that'll be pretty good. 84% uh, from the line, so you don't want to get into foul trouble with this team and not get out rebounded uh they out rebounded uh the washington state cougars 43 to 31. um of course this would be a bigger team than rhode island right and of course since the cats have a pretty decently sized team themselves you want to take advantage of that uh keep taking care of the basketball um in this game the, the bulldogs had the steals win 10 to 4 uh and they won the turnover battle eight to 12. So you wanna not let them do what you did to Rhode Island in this case. Um, you wanna watch out for Cameron Matthews with the leading score from that game, 13 points, five for 13 from the field. Keep uh, Jimmy Bell Jr. out of rebounding range. He had eight rebounds in this game. And uh, of course you want to, again, play a complete game, play Northwestern basketball against this team. Uh, going into this, it looks like they predict the Bulldogs to be a four-point favorite in this game. So I think for the first time this year, the Cats are an underdog going into a game. Both teams are 4-0. and So I really think that the Cats will win this uh, tournament and win by a close margin. I'm going to go with... Uh, 78-74 Wildcats. I think, again, the Cats have a lot of cohesiveness, a lot of experience, a lot of um, size, too, to go into this game and show that they can win meaningful games in a tournament. And, of course, you know, Mississippi State, they're a very decent program themselves. So, of course, you want to take note of that. You don't ever want to take them lightly. You want to think of this as, like, a... Sweet 16 Elite Eight matchup, right? Um, you know, it would be funny to see these two play for a national title this season. However, you know, you got to treat this game as such. So I'm going to go with 78-74 Cats. I think Boo Booey and Brooks Barnheiser will give this Mississippi State team trouble. And I think if there's one player that I think will have to show up big time now more than ever is going to be matthew nicholson 
right? So, like I said, rebounding was a premium for the Bulldogs in their last game against Washington State. So, if the forwards can make that happen for the Cats and Matthew Nicholson, then, you know, I could see the Cats bringing home hardware later this afternoon uh, once this is all done. So, there you have it for the recap and preview of this uh, tournament game. Let me know what you think. Do you think the Cats can take it home or do you think that uh, the Cats will get humbled today by a very formidable opponent in the um, Mississippi State Bulldogs? Um, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, we will recap the bowl eligibility securing win over the Purdue Boilermakers for the football team. Um, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Wildcat Offense Double Feature Recap. So, the Cats did something great on the football field. And that is to get that sixth win to make them bowl eligible for the first time in a while, really. <laughs> Feels like 10 years since the Cats went to uh, that one game in the 2020 uh, game. I think it was the Citrus Bowl, I believe. But... It's the first time that they've gone to the postseason since 2020. So that was when, yeah, the Cats were nationally ranked, top 10 team. And I think that was the Fighting Reese Davises uh, meme or whatever that came out, out of it. And that was a fun time to be uh, playing sports, right? And I don't mean fun as in, like, this was enjoyable. Fun as in, it's interesting right like of course the cats were winning this that and the other however you had no fans guys were in and out because of positive covid tests teams weren't playing and you know you weren't always able to get a full idea of how your how good or bad your team actually was and then of course the following year the cats struggled even worse the year after that and of course this past summer all the allegations and whatnot come through coach braun becomes the interim head coach leads the team to a roller coaster year of course as of today they're six and five four and four in the big ten coach braun is now the official head coach of the cats and of course the team is now going to the postseason it will most likely be a late december bowl it's not going to be something that will be you know cfp worthy however when you get that first bowl game since 2020 and now it's kind of for real right with crowds and full teams and whatnot that means a lot and you know with everything different you kind of wonder you kind of wonder in the back of your mind what did the last regime do wrong however at the same time you kind of kind of got to take it in stride and be like you know what this is good we should enjoy the achievement while you have it and it couldn't have come at a better day than senior day right it's kind of like what i said yesterday where there's going to be multiple seniors on this team and of course some could be four-year players five-year players graduate transfers right and for whatever reason they chose northwestern as their uh, place to play college football and while some might move on to have professional careers others won't so, of course, it was going to be an emotional day for the team, emotional day for coach, right? Because all these good things are happening at this particular time and no better way to, you know, capitalize and do it here 
right? In a way, you can say that the cats were playing with house money, right? Because at this point, people would have said 0 and 11, 1 and 10, 2 and 9, right? But here they are, 6 and 5, with the chance to go 7 and 5 next week for the Land of Lincoln Trophy, which could be your college football playoff game, for lack of a better term, right? But, you know, on to the actual game itself. So, 23-15, Cats win. Ben Bryant goes 13 for 24 with 230 yards, one touchdown, one interception, sacked five times. So, we still have a little bit of a sack problem. Um, and hopefully that can be somewhat corrected going into the Land of Lincoln game. Uh, Cam Porter led the way rushing with... Uh, 17 touches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. So great day rushing. Uh, gadget guys, uh, AJ Henning, Joseph Hyman, uh, did a little bit of uh, work too in the rushing game. Hyman went three for 12. Henning went two for nine. And Anthony Tyus, the third, got some action too, going four for 10. Um, Cam Johnson and Bryce Kurtz led the way receiving three, yard, three receptions, 88 yards, one touchdown for Cam Johnson. Four receptions, 63 yards for Kurtz. Three receptions, 57 yards for Henning. So AJ is starting to get a little bit more um, yardage and contribution to the game itself. So, And that's what we want to see at this stretch of the year, right? Where we're trying to play games that have very huge implications for the team. And of course, now that their fate is uh, secured, at least for the postseason, right? It couldn't have come at a better time. So rushing looks like the cats went 131 or no 99 yards and um 230 yards receiving. Uh as for Purdue, no Hudson Carr. They went with a combination of Ryan Brown and Bennett Meredith. Brown went 12 for 16, 100 yards, 140 yards, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Bennett Meredith went five for seven for 36 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Tyrone Tracy Jr. had a career day, uh, 16 touches, 460 yards, one touchdown. Uh, and then, of course, Ryan Brown contributed to rushing attack, 21 touches, 90 or 85 yards. So a lot of running from this Purdue team. And Devin Maccabee went 12 for 54 with one touchdown. And that was a player that I said to watch out for. Receiving Maccabee appears again, three receptions, 44 yards. And Tracy Jr., four receptions, 38 yards. And TJ Sheffield, one reception, 21. So the running back room did contribute a lot to their total offense. As for the sacks, it looks like... Uh, it looks like the Purdue Boilermakers only got sacked three times compared to the five of the Wildcats. So one for Brown, two for... Meredith so a little bit of a hard time getting to the quarterback again while other team did not seem to have a problem getting to ours but you know a win is a win uh, looking into the fun facts for the game the cats put a uh, four play 50 yard drive that only lasted a little under two minutes a minute 52 uh, seconds which opened up the scoring with uh, just over three minutes gone in the first quarter. Fortunately, the Cats could not convert on a two-point attempt, which I don't understand. 
why you go for two so early in a game um especially when yeah it, it seemed pretty balanced on paper going into the match but it is what it is uh, the defense really had a good first half forcing the Purdue to turn the ball over twice inside the red zone, uh, including a goal line stand at the one yard line. And Richie Haggerty recovered a Boilermaker fumble with a little under two minutes remaining in the half, while Hollis Jr. picked off Brown with a pass just 35 seconds left to protect that 6 0 lead. So, what better way to have a defensive showing than to actually? Um, have two red zone killers for for them because uh, in another universe the boilermakers could have taken a one or even two point lead going into the half um before we dive into more fun facts i realized i went forgot to go over defensive stats so as far as defensive stats the leaders were dylan theinemann Yanni Karlaftis, so if that name sounds familiar, there's George Karlaftis, who is in the NFL, who also played at Purdue, and Sanusi Kane. Dynamite had 10 tackles, Karlaftis had 6, Sanusi with 6 as well. Karlaftis did have a sack um, in, uh, in today's game, and Dynamite had 1 interception. As far as the Cats' defensive statistics, leaders were Bryce Gallagher, fearless leader, 14 tackles. Rod Hurd, the second, with 13, and Xander Mueller with 13. Um, you had Carmine Bastone with two TFLs, so that really stands out on the stat sheet. Xander Mueller had one interception, and Hollis Jr., as mentioned earlier. So, great day from the pass defense. Uh, of course, Northwestern's pass defense has been put on notice as of late, so good job for keeping form going into this week and securing that big win there. Um, it looks like just by going into the second half, um, the Cats cashed in with another mistake, uh, recovering a muffed punt at the 21-yard line of Purdue. So Cats punted away, Purdue fumbled it, Cats got it back, and of course, no touchdown, but cashed in with a Jack Olsen field goal to make it 9-0 at the 7.38 mark of the third quarter. Um, Purdue did answer back with its first touchdown from Tyrone Tracy Jr. Um, going into the fourth, it was 16-7. However, the Cats did not give up, putting an eight-play, 83-yard drive that elapsed just a little under three and a half minutes. Um, making the gap 23 to 7. Uh, so with 12.08 remaining in the game, Purdue did answer much later with a two-yard touchdown run from Maccabee, making it 23 to 15. And of course, the defense showed up, preventing the Boilermakers to get even closer to the Cats, kind of like how Azima picked off Tagovailoa in the Maryland game. Um, well, and I also forgot to mention that uh, in the uh, in the third, Johnson connected with Ben Bryant with the sixteen to seven uh, lead going into the fourth. So that was and that was off a fifty-two yard touchdown pass so um ben bryant making those key throws like i always expect him to do uh causing um positive yardage and eventually scoring in this case so 
it's good to see QB1 back in the cut. Um, with the win, the Cats finished the year 5-1 and one at Ryan Field, which is most since 2017. So for six years, uh, the Cats haven't had a win output at home like this, and it's good to see, uh, especially since it's the season that keeps on giving, as I always say. Um, the Cats had 329 yards of offense, and when the Cats scored 300 yards or score, gained 300 yards or more, they are a perfect 6-0. So if the Cats can get 300-plus yards against Illinois next week, we could see a 7-win season, which, again, is already a bonus given that the Cats already secured that 6th win. Um, and with, with third down... Northwestern held Purdue to just 6 of 16, so it's funny how earlier in the year the Cats were struggling with third down conversions. They're now giving other teams a hard time on third down, so it couldn't have come at a better time. I know I keep saying this, but it really couldn't have come at a better time for the Cats to show complete performances week in and week out. Of course, if you look at hindsight, right, adjusted records could be that the Cats would be... They're six and five now, maybe eight and three, right? You know, they should have beaten Nebraska. They should have beaten Iowa. But, you know, you can't go back and fix anything. It is what it is. And it already is the season that keeps on giving. Cats are already playing with house money. So, you know, it's a really good, it's a really good season, I'd say, already. And it couldn't have come at a better time, especially when the team looked very, very vulnerable and left for dead. But here you are, ready to go to a bowl game. Let me know what you think, folks. Does this season, you know, where does the season kind of place in all-time greatest seasons for Northwestern football? It probably isn't the best, but do you consider it top five? Do you consider it top ten? At least when I start uh, following Northwestern football, this definitely has to be like a top ten at the least. Right, because you know, when people are telling you, "Oh, your team's gonna go oh for the century," or maybe win one game like last year, and you know this whole coaching staff's gonna get fired, and this that, and that. Next thing you know, they're here. They could be permanent. Well, at least Coach Braun's permanent, and you have six wins going into the biggest game of the year already. So, man, I couldn't believe it. Or, I mean, I had a little bit of belief, but to have double than what I expected this team was going to have, you know, that's already, that makes me very, very proud to be a Northwestern fan. I'm already proud as it is to be an alum, but to be a football fan, man, despite all these stories, all the bad news that the team has had throughout the year, you know, you respond with a six win going on possibly seven win campaign. That that's just that's just icing on the cake, but man, hope you guys are enjoying the win. Let me know what you think about this sixth win. Uh, there will be a preview for the Land of Lincoln Trophy game coming up later in the week, and of course, uh, not too long after today, probably tomorrow, um, there will be a recap for the tip-off tournament for men's basketball. Uh, going to be signing off here. Thank you again for all the support, the likes, the ratings, reviews. It means a lot to me. It means a lot to the project. Um, 
Feel free to pass the podcast to friends, family, colleagues, anyone that's down to join the Sports Talk conversation. I can be found on most podcast platforms at Offsy Sport. That's spelled O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. Uh, see you later in the week. Thank you again, and go Cats! Bye.